Welcome back to Careers Explained. Today, we're talking with Evan Carter about his career path and current role as a cinematographer. He received his bachelor's degree from Davidson College in political science, and after college has held many different filmmaking roles, including being the director of photography on an Emmy award-winning PBS show and working on a variety of projects, such as a documentary about feminists in Chile and commercials for brands like Huggies and Bed Bath & Beyond. He is currently a freelance filmmaker working as both a production company and as an individual part of a team in multiple roles. Welcome, Evan, and thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Can you start by describing what you do as a freelance filmmaker? Um, yeah, so I, I wear many hats. I'm trying to wear fewer hats these days and really focus on cinematography um, specifically, but... I'm, you know, I'm directing films, I'm editing films, I'm going out and I'm um, working on documentary projects as a cinematographer. I work on commercial projects, music videos, short films, um, just like a huge variety of stuff. Um, And these days I'm mostly trying to do cinematography and trying to kind of have that be the the central part of my my career and focusing on um, storytelling through cameras and um, that whole avenue. Can you explain to people what the distinction is between cinematography and the other roles that you've been doing and are doing? Sure. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, previously I would kind of work on films from start to finish in the every single aspect of a film, you know, I'd work um, figuring out, you know, what the client might want or what a producer at a certain news agency would want. Um, And then running pre-production, lining up uh, interviews, locations, figuring out crew, figuring out um, all the different aspects that a a film short or or large might require. And then um, I would, physically go out and capture all the footage that was needed. Um, Often, you know, going out by myself and working as like a solo filmmaker and doing the lighting, doing the sound, doing the um, questions, like asking all the questions, coming up with the questions, especially with documentary stuff. Um, And then I'd take all that footage and I'd edit it into a, a final piece. And so I started as an editor and um, that, you know, that has really informed a lot of my filmmaking, which I, I think I, I really appreciate now. Um, but I, I, you know, as I've moved through different stages of my career, I feel like I really gravitate towards cameras and I really gravitate towards the visual side of the storytelling and really trying to like hone my craft as much as I can um, specifically toward just the 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 camera side of things um and you know that comes with a lot of directing as well but you know i i don't i don't love the pre-production side of things as much in terms of you know the nitty-gritty planning and producing all of the different parts or getting funding um uh for films that stuff stresses me out so (laughs) 
So you decided let the logistics and all of that of the preparing and then the editing after, let someone else manage that going forward. You're going to focus on the camera video taking for that for someone else to edit and put together. So cinematography is now the main focus. Yes. I, I think also as I've, you know, as I've gone through my career and, and worked on bigger and bigger projects, you you realize that the the higher up you get, the more impossible it is really to, you know, do all of those roles, to be good at all of those roles simultaneously. And, you know, there are just people in this industry that are so talented at different parts of the production. And like, I, I know that my, um, you know, I think it helps that I know how to do a lot of different things, but really being able to focus um, and, and lock in on one specific part of a production really helps me be really good at what I do and then also um, elevates the final product to be something that's a lot a lot nicer looking and more impacting than it might be if I am trying to do everything all at once kind of with my head cut off running around you know. <laughs> Completely so the model of going from you have years of experience as a generalist, which helps you understand the other aspects that you need to work with, but now specializing that yeah. you have the experience going forward. And exactly. you talked about in that generalist period, which you're still kind of segueing out of now, doing a variety of lengths, topics. How do you determine what you're going to work on and what's the process for getting those roles as a freelancer? A lot of it is just you know, lining up with the right people and networking with the right people and finding um, friends and the people around you really, for me, have kind of informed a lot of my work. Um, and I'm finally getting to a place where I'm starting to say no to projects because for a really long time, I was just anything that came at me, I was like, let's do it. Like, um, I think freelancing, you don't really ever know where your next paycheck will come from sometimes. So it's, you know, if you don't have a safety net to fall back on, it's a little scary um, saying no to a project when you don't know if you're ever going to work again. And this year, this year is particularly bad for filmmaking um, with all the strikes happening and um, I think a, a tough time in the economy. It was re really just, you know, for everyone in the industry, uh, a hard year. And so saying no to things, um, you know, you kind of find yourself in, in different positions at different times and you're going to say yes to some things that you might not have thought you would say yes to two years ago. But, you know, here you are and no career is a straight. I don't think personally, I've never seen anyone's career be like a straight trajectory to like, you know, this is what I want to be doing and I'm only going to be doing that from now on. And I think, you know, I've been really, really, really lucky to connect with some amazing amazing filmmakers and other people um, along the way that have really led me to some really interesting projects. I think that I'm, I'm pretty happy that, because I, I love all different kinds of filmmaking and I'm pretty happy that I've been able to really jump um, from different types of projects, working on you know a music video one day that's really out there and funny and weird to like a very serious documentary the next day. Um, I think that really keeps me mentally engaged with all the different work that I'm doing and never really bored. Yeah. And, and within that, 
can you give an overview of before you helpfully outlined the process of a film and you've had all the roles in between, but then can you describe a little more in depth what that looks like in terms of the day to day roles and responsibilities, either from the generalist perspective or cinematography? I probably spend I, I think I calculated it last year. I spent about 100 days on set. So that was you know, a hundred days I was, I was working as a cinematographer on different sets. Um, and then, you know, probably 40 or 50 days I spent editing. Um, and the rest of my days are spent either in pre-production where I'm preparing for a project, I'm preparing the gear for a project, I'm preparing shot lists, I'm thinking about, you know, the visual style of a piece. Um, that's me in my office. I'm at my office right now. We'll spend time here just like talking about the different, you know, storytelling of a project, um, the, the style of a project. We'll go through um, what we call like a, a shot list or a storyboard to kind of help us visualize what the final piece might look like before we even start filming. Um, and then, you know, when I'm out in the field, it's I'm either in the city, I'm working, you know, out of my my Toyota Prius and driving my gear all over the city, or I'm flying like across the world going to, I think this year I didn't travel, oh, I traveled to, I was in Italy for an olive oil commercial in the fall. Um, I was in LA, Salt Lake, um, the Bahamas, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Nebraska, Wyoming, like kind of all over the country filming. And I think, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my job is travel these days um, and going to locations to film different stories. And so would you say that's a common characteristic of being a filmmaker or is that more so for freelancers or it totally depends? I think for especially anyone that's working on sets, that is a common occurrence, unless you're working on, um, you know, people live in Los Angeles or New York, both because they're very creative cities, especially for filmmaking, but also because there are a lot of actual, um, actual, you know, warehouses and film sets and um, you know, if you're working on a TV show, you might be in Los Angeles or New York. You might be working on a soundstage in those cities um, for months at a time. But if you're, you know, a cinematographer, you're likely kind of bouncing around the country and um, and world. Although I think the world part for I think for good reason, they're starting to transition out of sending people all over the place because um, until you get to the very top, I think it's just, you know, both because of costs and then I think also because of climate and carbon considerations is just a lot of money and a lot of, you know, waste to send someone and a whole film crew from the U.S. to a different location. So for smaller projects, I think they've started um, hiring more local, which I think is a really good thing, net. For the, so maybe the, travel will be less, at least globally, may become less a part of the role going forward. Maybe, and you said, maybe, maybe, no guarantees, uh, potential. And so in you said that you usually get the roles through networking, essentially. 
And can you walk through an example? I know you do a variety, so maybe one of your more common types of films in terms of breakdown of what the process looks like from when they ask you to start and the timeline for that. I'll go with like a mid-tier, like middle form documentary slash like mid-tier commercial. It's usually you get a call a couple weeks to a month in advance of the project. Um, and, you know, you get a call from a producer saying, hey, we're interested in these dates. Are you available? And then um, they'll give you a, a soft hold, as they call it, which says, like, we might hire you and for those dates and wait for a, a firm confirmation. And so then you wait and then eventually they'll firm firm confirm you onto the project and you know you're after that you're in conversations with the producer with the director and you're figuring out the style of the piece you're figuring out you know what exactly each of these days is going to look like um and you're just preparing 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 and then um you know eventually you you go and work on the project and that could be from two to three days of a shoot to i think the longest I've been I've been out on a project is two weeks um, and you know then then you wrap and if you're just the cinematographer like me then you're done that's it <laughs> which is nice I like that I like letting go and just being able to say like all right you all take care of this so finish it. <laughs> um, but otherwise if you're editing like I often will edit some of these pieces I'll take it home and um, go through all the, you know, transcribe all the interviews, break down all the different shots and, you know, take my time editing things and sending it to the client. And, you know, projects can take a really, really long time, but often they wrap pretty quickly and it really depends on, you know, the needs of the people that are hiring you. Um, and so with the variation of the timeline and just how many projects you work on a year. Are you usually focusing on one at a time and trying to line them up so you have the next one or do you ever work simultaneously on multiple? Uh, I'm working, I feel like on like 10 different projects at the same time always. Yeah, because you gotta have like, you always have to have something. I think the thing that I've I've learned is you always have to have something kind of like sitting on the back burner like waiting to go um and people put out feelers like i have a couple of i have a, a really like a big feature length documentary that i might work on this year and then um like a pbs travel show that i also might work on and both of those things like i have no idea what the schedules are i have vague ideas if they're going to happen or not but like you know i have to like it's nice to have those things potentially in the mm -hmm. works. Um, and, you know, those things, I'm not doing much for them. You know, I'll have a couple meetings um, talking about like style and like thoughts of different things. But, um, you know, right now I'm editing a piece. Um, I have a shoot next week. I have a shoot this week. I have, um, I don't know, potential other projects. I have my own passion projects that I'm thinking about doing. Um, I think it's a lot of juggling. It's a lot of juggling. I wish it was less juggling sometimes, but it does. It keeps it. It keeps it moving, and you're always kind of 
engaged in something. And I don't, I don't think I'd want, there was one summer that I worked on just one, I worked on one PBS show all summer and I kind of, uh, I loved it. It was amazing. It was so much fun to just have like, almost like a, it was 12 hours a day, but you know, you're, you have your job and that's it. You're done at the end of the day. And I wasn't thinking about what's next. Um, but at the end of that show, I ended up not getting any work for like two months. And it was because I wasn't really like putting out feelers. I wasn't thinking about like what's next. I was just kind of living in the moment of that, that project. Um, and so I kind of learned from that, okay, it's smart to have like some things um, on the back burner and thinking about like, okay, if I don't have something that someone's going to hire me for, what can I do myself? That's like creative and interesting and fun and, and produce. So. Right. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And then the diversity of things that you can work on, which is a plus that sounds like in terms of keeping your days interesting also comes with then maybe the stress of balancing so many things at once and not knowing the timelines of all of them. Is there anything else that you like or find challenging about the role to, you want to highlight? I love storytelling. I love, you know, being able to learn so many different things about so many, especially through documentary, you're really learning a lot about different people all over the country in a lot of different walks of life. Um, and I think that, you know, can be really challenging trying to, um, you know, trying to hold all those different stories, hold all that information. And, um, you know, as a cinematographer, I'm not always, I'm not always the one that's thinking of the questions to ask, but a lot of the framing of a piece, a lot of the images that we capture are informed by my understanding of what's going on around me. And um, you know, I think having Davidson and having a political science background really, you know, really helps me every day in the documentary world, being able to think critically about things, being able to um, bring a bit of a, you know, a curious mind to all of my work. Um, and I, I definitely value, value that. And on that topic, I don't think many people, if it was a trivia question, would guess what a Davidson political science major went into career-wise, a freelance filmmaker. So can you give sort of the highlight reel of from graduation, maybe in college even, the biggest steps that led you to your current role? I worked on the Davidson show, which is probably now defunct. I don't know if that still exists, but um, I was really lucky to work on that with um, this guy, Austin Bell. He and I shot um, a lot of really fun and stupid and silly uh, videos together. And through that, I kind of kept my, I had always done filmmaking in high school and um, my senior year, these two other students knew that I had worked on the Davidson show and they were like, hey, would you want to work in a documentary with us? And I had been thinking about maybe doing journalism in terms of, you know, working in, in written journalism. Um, and I was like, yeah, that sounds really cool. I've never even thought about doing something like that. And so um, being able to do that 
And then also working weirdly at the college's communications team, like working for the like Davidson's communications team as the student videographer. Um, kind of like set me up in this weird way to be like, oh, actually, I like I really love filmmaking. <laughs> and I yeah. kind of want to do that. Um, and gave so you a taste. <laughs> it gave me a little taste and a couple of people just saying like, you're pretty good at this or like you, it looks like you really, like I stopped doing almost anything else my senior year at Davidson, which was not good for my grades, but um, <laughs> But you're here anyway. Uh, don't take that as advice, everyone. It's not yeah. one size fits all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so I just kind of went for it. After I graduated, I, I moved to Haiti and I worked as a videographer for a nonprofit in Haiti. Um, and then I moved to DC and I knew how to edit a little bit. So after working in a restaurant for a little bit, I was able to jump in as an assistant editor at the Smithsonian Channel. And, you know, I had always had a camera on the side and still was kind of making my own videos on the side and then uh one of my 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 roommate of four years at davidson um wanted to move to new york and i said you know what i like if i want to try to make this film thing work new york seems like the place to be um and so i moved here and i you know just freelancing meeting people um having some tough years having some really good years it you know, slowly builds to a place where you're able to make it work. Um, and I definitely don't feel like I have it figured out <laughs> yet. But um, I'm in a place where, like, I'm supporting myself at least. So that you're feels making it. You're you're doing the dream. You're living it in New York. And so on that idea of your experience was from a few different areas. Do you have advice for someone who's trying to figure out how you get into this where it's less obvious from like a lawyer standpoint of here are the steps what are the general steps of how to become a filmmaker i think it's really important to um network with people try to reach out to older filmmakers people are almost always down to grab a coffee um and then kind of work on sets you know like even if you're doing things as a production assistant or as an assistant camera person or as an assistant director or, um you know whatever you can do kind of try to jump on sets um and if that's if that's what you want to do um and i think figuring out as early as you can kind of what you gravitate towards naturally and just listening to yourself in that um regard I think is really important like spending the time to um listen to yourself and figure it out um I think is really helpful because you know the more you hone in on what exactly you want to do the more you can kind of find your path because there are you know there are avenues and ways to go and um ways to to navigate a little bit I think it's not an easy career I don't think it's um, I don't think it's always yeah the most clear career I still I still am struggling to find like you know the right steps I still don't know like what the next step is um, 
another thing I guess I'd say is just like if you have an idea for a film and you really want to make that film, make it happen. You know, um, work on that passion project, work on the things that you really care about, and um, I think that is something that has something I, I wish I, I did more of and, and still continue to do more of. Um, and I think that some of the passion projects that I've done have been both both the most illuminating for me personally in terms of finding my own style and the, the things that I like to capture. And then also the things that, you know, people that hire me will reference. Um, there's a video that I shot with a fellow Davidson um, student who's uh, like a epic kayaker um, and we filmed this video together and to this day it's a video that I filmed five years ago and or four years ago I guess and you know people still reference that as you know like oh this video is the one that I, I looked at and I really loved and so um, point. yeah um, so those things can I think really pay off and help you learn a lot and if Besides from the making any video ideas you have yourself to get experience, any other tips on how people can essentially go about figuring out what they like, as you said, in terms of things in college, things after, just ideas on how to get in if you don't know where the doors are? Um, it's tough. I mean, the doors, <laughs> the doors in the industry are really... Uh, locked <laughs> you're looking at 10 doors and you're trying to figure out which one's the right door to go down and sometimes they're not yeah you're not opening doors um i think yeah i think talking to other people is a really good way to do it like having conversations with um people in the industry people that have experienced things going to film festivals honestly is a really if you're interested in um kind of more, you know, narrative filmmaking or documentary filmmaking, going to film festivals is like, I, I didn't go to one until I had a film at a film festival and I really wish I had gone to one before. Um, like it would have been way more fun for me to have experienced that at an early age and being able to um, to see, see what it's like. Um, I think, you know, maybe working for production companies if you can as a like a, a really, you know, junior level person interning for a production company if you can. Um, unfortunately, I, I feel like a lot of the the interning positions end up being more in the corporate side of things versus the kind of like practical like on set um, things. But you know, reaching out to somebody in the industry and saying like, hey, I'm interested in working on these things. And then, you know, being a production assistant, having a really good attitude, being happy to be somewhere, uh, being nice to people, you know, you hear that all the time. I think just kindness goes a really, really long way towards, um, you know, towards a next job or um, learning something new. And I found like people on film sets, once you get onto one, are very generous and um, often look out for each other. I think it's a, because it is a tough industry and you don't know, you know, what's gonna, what your next job might be or um, what you'll be working on next. It's, I think people are, are very kind and look out for each other um, a lot, which is nice to be in a space like that. 
Definitely. Uh, it helps with the balance out the insecurity of maybe not knowing what's next, be mindful <laughs> in the moment. So those are great tips of one, have conversations with people in it, get ideas from them. Maybe you can get a role from talking with them to try to work at a production company, even if you're in the corporate aspect of it. I imagine you could even shadow and learn something maybe for the films to do on your own. And then when you talk about networking, which seems fundamental from starting to explore the role to now getting the roles that you have, any advice for how to go about that? Because the term is used all the time, but in terms of how to actually implement that, you're living off of this. So clearly you're good at it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, you know, the the key for me is having having at least one degree of connection to somebody you know like mm-hmm. reaching out to somebody that you know reaching out if you're from davidson reach out to me and i will i will talk to you i promise um and then you know if you talk to me and you're like oh i'm interested in editing then i can connect you with somebody that might be more appropriate to talk to um I think having that connection, like a friend or a, you know, a a school connection, uh, another type of connection, you know, any degree of connection to somebody will really help you have kind of a more meaningful conversation with them. I think a lot of people, filmmakers especially, you know, will reach out to people online and say like, hey, I'd like, you know, I saw your work on Instagram. I'd love to grab coffee with you. And you know, those things can feel very transactional versus um, having at least one, you know, one person that might know the person that you're reaching out to. Um, that being said, I think like, you know, if you're really gung-ho and excited and eager, like reaching out to people online doesn't hurt. Um, I think that going to you know, at least in New York and some other major film hubs, there are a lot of meetups happening. There are people that are um, coordinating different events. I go to cinematography meetups in the city um, probably like two times a month. Um, And then there, you know, going to film festivals is another really good way to network. Um, Being able to go to a film festival, watch a film, and then meet a filmmaker and say like, hey, I just watched your film. That was amazing. It was beautiful. And then, you know, maybe ask a a technical question or a a story question. You know, those things really, um, shockingly, people love flattery. If you tell them that you (laughs) you liked what they did, they'll lose it. Like, (laughs) anyone could say the, like, half nicest thing to me. And I would be like, stop, that's... that's You're hired, assistant, come on. (laughs) And that's great advice too of the specifics that you're mentioning in terms of maybe if you don't have the connections of going to a um, film festival and then maybe you have that connection now, whereas you might not have known a contact, but you can then have it in there. So it's not just if you don't know anyone, it's a hard industry to get into, but first maybe thick skin it sounds like you still need it even though you're you're doing well today and turning down things it's it's a hard it's not as guaranteed as some other roles and then also for the networking you may not get responses but there's a variety of ways to try to connect with people and see where it goes from there <laughs> and so then any other final career advice for things that you've learned or just tips that you have for those interested in following you I think, you know, follow your passion 
and listen to your gut and like check in with yourself every once in a while. Um, and I think really, you know, being able to listen to yourself and have those conversations with yourself and, you know, following your creative dreams or passions is really important in this field because you can very quickly start working on things that, you know, are are soul sucking or, you know, are, are things that you might not want to be doing and being able to check in with yourself and say like, okay, this is what I want to be doing. Um, and then, you know, I think for me, just like being able to pursue that and to push to get those things done is really important. Um, it can be really hard, but it's really important. Um, and I think, yeah, having having the ability to express that like creative side of yourself in a work that is yours or in a work that is like amongst friends and amongst peers um, and something that you really wanted to make um, both rejuvenates your you know creative soul and then also um, helps to express your um, your vision to the world. Um, and what you put out there is kind of what you get back. So the more you put out that work um, that you care about, the more people will probably reach out to you about that kind of work. Fashion shows not only in how you carry yourself, helping with the thick skin, but also in the end product. That's great advice. And everything you've said today has been super helpful. So thank you for sharing a little bit about what you do. And I'll link how people can find you and your work um, on the episode. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's so fun. <laughs>